Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time to stop focusing on business problems and start focusing on the growth and leadership of your business. Welcome to The Business Edge with your host, Marsha Zeidel. Learn to create a growth agenda to get your business on the right track and keep it there. Rev up your growth engine with exceptional talent and develop the right kind of leadership to move it forward fast. Now, here is Marsha Zeidel. Welcome to the Business Edge, giving practical advice to entrepreneurs and business leaders on how to take your company, firm, or practice to that next level with less stress and more success. In other words, how to take the growing pains out of growth. I'm Marcia Zeidel, your Smart Moves Coach, getting you on the right track, keeping you on the right track, and making sure you don't get sidetracked in your drive for performance, purpose, and profitability. Let's start with a smart moves quote from Paul Simon in an interview five years after he and Art Garfunkel split up their great musical partnership. Simon said, We had many more points of agreement than we had points of differences. But we did differ, and the bigger we got, the more insistent we got that each one of us should have his way. So it became more difficult to resolve points of differences, whereas in the earlier days, we found compromise a bit easier. Isn't that interesting? As you get more successful and bigger, you are not able to compromise as much or get beyond the differences. But my guest today, Tom Phillips, president of Effective Agreements, will help us resolve points of differences before they blow up in our face and possibly cause permanent damage. He will give us insights on how to enter into business negotiations with confidence, fewer hassles, and more importantly, how to save money. Tom has over 25 years of commercial experience structuring and negotiating business-to-business agreements with Fortune 500 companies and startups alike. Welcome, Tom. It's a delight to have you on the show. Well, thank you very much, and I really appreciate your having me on. Well, let's, you know, let's start with this. Um, What is the one thing you see most often or overall that frustrates you about companies' agreements? Well, it's hard to cut it down to one thing. I certainly have a couple of pet peeves, but if I were to pick one, it's probably the fact that people seem to be in the habit of writing almost what they mean, but not quite what they mean. And some of the time I feel that a good preparation for a contract person would be a really strict Victorian English course where the professors stood over them and made them write their papers very concisely and to say exactly what they mean. Let me give you a real 
short, simple example, okay? This is something I ran into recently with one of my clients. I'll just call him client. Okay, go ahead. And what the salesperson wrote was that the client will offer to manage content for customer build at $10 per video. Well, Mm -hmm. that sounds pretty good. It doesn't sound all that bad. There's only a couple of problems with it. Number one, if I'm on the other side, I don't want you to offer. I want you to manage, okay? Mm -hmm. The word offer doesn't belong in there. Second of all, great. We said we're going to bill it at $10 per video. We -hmm. didn't say a word about the customer having to pay the bill, Okay, so you missed out some of what really went in there. And when I was finished with it, it was basically that client will manage content for customer for a fee of $10 per video, Mm -hmm. invoiced monthly, and paid per our agreement. And there was another agreement that took care of the payment terms. Kind of see the difference there? It's... It's subtle but important, and I'm just not sure we're teaching it to people, uh, certainly in business schools, and I wonder about law schools sometimes. Well, you know, that's a really interesting point because, you know, my first thought is, oh, this is just more legalese, and, you know, no one likes to read legalese, but I think the point you're trying to get across is that you need to be precise so that there are no misunderstandings of what what the client wants and what the um, uh, the supplier is supplying. Is that right? That's right. I mean, when you get down to it, legalese is its own form of language, but when it's done right, it is extremely precise, and the whole idea is not to leave anything to chance. Okay. Okay, so that is, uh, you know, one of the, uh, what frustrates you about company agreements. Um, Anything else before we get to who should and who shouldn't be uh, working deals with in companies? Maybe you have another quick example? I do. Um, What I get really frustrated with is those people, and it it tends to be upper-level management, Mm -hmm. who feel that they can go into a negotiation and wing it. (laughs) Yes. And, you know, I've had clients who called me six minutes before a negotiation started and said, Tom, will you take it? Well, (laughs) (laughs) what am I going to do? So, you know, when they want to wing it, that's bad. When they say... That's okay. I'm real good at this. I'll do it from my gut. That's when you're in real trouble. Because right. those people start dealing from their gut, you're completely out of control. <laughs> uh, yes, I, and I think we all have examples of when we personally have done it from our be not negotiating contracts, and that has gotten us into trouble and the idea of prepare, prepare, prepare. So let's move on to, because I think you alluded to this, who should or shouldn't be working deals within companies? What is it certain kinds of people or certain uh, 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 positions or, 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 or what? 
It's more the positions that I was thinking of. Um, let's let's start with the students if we can. Uh, mm-hmm. The assumption here being there's no full-time contract person. I mean, if you've got right. a full-time contract person, that's the person who should be dealing with them. But most small to medium-sized companies don't have a person like that on a board. They, they can't afford it. And who does it go to then? Well, usually it goes to one of two kinds of people. Mm-hmm. It goes to the senior management team. So now you've got the CEO or the CFO wound up in the process. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk a little later, too, about uh, the implications of that and what that causes. Right. The others an inexperienced subject matter expert. Mm-hmm. And by that I mean an engineer, a salesperson, somebody like that who's a subject matter expert in their field but may not know very much about contracts at all. And one example that comes to mind to me is I was involved where a poor engineer had negotiated a development agreement. Mm-hmm. And our company had paid out $15.2 million to this developer. And my department discovered that, number one, we could never license the intellectual property that we thought we had paid $15.2 million for because mm-hmm. he had built in this structure of payments that was totally unrealistic. But worse... I had to go to the president of a $1.4 billion com- dollar company and tell him that the intellectual property that he paid $15.2 million for, he did not own. And I bet he was not a happy camper. <laughs> he was not a happy camper. The other kind of people you want to watch out for is an executive who's in love with the deal. Uh-huh. And I've had that so many times. I I had one where he was a senior vice president of the company. So for me to tell him no was going to be very difficult. And he just wanted this deal done immediately. Just get it done, get it done, get it done. And I finally took a single other person, an internal auditor and myself, and we went into this company, and Marsha, every rock we turned over had something living under it. I mean, this company... (laughs) was a train wreck. Now, luckily, what I did was I just made a presentation to the senior vice president just listing, here's all the liabilities you're going to inherit if you buy this. And at the end of it, he said, I don't want any part of this. So I was able to get out of it. But it went much farther than it should have as far as negotiations and starting to negotiate an agreement when it was just because he was in love with the deal. So you're saying that you need someone, whether it's in-house or you bring someone in, that knows about these um, um, issues and could advise uh, the people who are negotiating it uh, ahead of time uh, to to find out where the traps are. And do most, I don't know if most companies have someone like that. Most don't. Um, now, you know, we can go on about the role of a lawyer some of the time, but the, the lawyer's job is to protect from risk, not necessarily ah. the negotiations, mm-hmm. right? Right. And um, some lawyers are excellent negotiators, don't get me wrong. 
Mm-hmm. But some of them, they never learned that in law school. And, uh, you know, they tend to compromise in the middle, which isn't always the right thing. But what the real risk that you run into with these people being involved, mm-hmm. think about it. If management's mired down in this deal process, who's watching the store, right? Uh-huh. Right. They've taken their focus off of the core business. Not only that, but they're probably not going to manage the process very well because they've not done it before. Uh, you know, they don't have a lot of experience in how do you get a contract from point A to point B. And then it's not their full-time job. Right. So it stretches out. So at this point... Uh, Tom, I think this is a great uh, time for a break, Um, and then we can come back and tap your knowledge even more uh, about agreements and negotiations. So, listeners, it's time for a short break on the Business Edge with Marsha Zottle, your Smart Moves Coach. When we return, Tom Phillips will give us more insights in how to structure agreements and be a better negotiator. Stay tuned. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. There's a saying, if you do what you've always done, you'll get what you've always gotten. Are you satisfied with what you're getting? Are you ready to get something different? To get the business edge, bring Marsha Zidle, the Smart Moves author and professional speaker, to your next meeting, conference, or retreat. What you get is more than just stories and motivation. Marsha delivers big ideas with big impact to fast-track your business and your leadership. Schedule your next keynote or presentation now at Marsha, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com. Where will your business be five years from now? Will you be soaring or just getting by? Of course you want to grow and prosper, but with growth comes bigger headaches. More hiring, more capital, more customers to satisfy, more plates to juggle, more stress, and more demands on your time. Yes, there is a solution. It's the Smart Growth System, created by Marsha Zidle, executive coach to business leaders. It will give you the tools to take the growing pains out of growth. Get a free consultation and assessment from Marsha, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into The Business Edge with Marsha Zidel. To reach Marsha or her guests on today's show, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send us an email to Marsha at smartmovescoach.com. Now, back to The Business Edge. Welcome back to The Business Edge. This is Marsha Zidle, your Smart Moves Coach. My guest today is Tom Phillips, 
uh, president of Effective Agreements. And at the end of the uh, first segment, he was talking about um, what frustrates him about companies' agreements and who shouldn't be working deals within companies. But we, but there's a more important question, which is who should be working deals within companies. So, Tom, tell the, tell the uh, listeners your thoughts on that. Okay. My thoughts on that are there are people available in your company that you can train and have uh, get some help training to do this. So what you need to do is pick yourself somebody who's kind of qualified but also objective person in charge of the process. And I talked that, about that before a little bit, falling in love with the deal. When mm-hmm. I was running a merger and acquisition group, that was the only thing I would ever fire somebody for if they fell in love with the deal because you need to be objective. So you want to pick somebody with some training background and get them a little bit of education. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to mm-hmm. say mention the Keras courses, uh, which you've probably heard of as far as negotiating. Those happens to be that happens to be the one I took, but there's a lot of different negotiating classes out there. Then you want somebody with kind of a broad business background. Because you don't want somebody too narrow. It really helps if they understand a little bit about finance and a little bit about accounting, maybe a little bit about the manufacturing of the product you're talking about, things like that. Mm-hmm. And then finally, the most important part really is somebody that's got the credibility mm-hmm. and access to management. And right. that's one of my pat phrases that I think is really important. If they don't have credibility, what are you having them negotiate for you for? Okay? Right. (laughs) You don't really trust their judgment. Don't let them be the ones. But they also have to have access to management so that they can come at the end of a day maybe or even, you know, walking in in the middle of the day. They need that access to say, look, we've gotten to this point in the agreement and If we do this, here's what happens. If we do this, that's what happens. Here's the risk. Here's the rewards. Tell me what you want to do. And so they need that access and they need the credibility so that they walk in there and management's going to believe them and listen to them. And I've found good people in finance departments, uh, business development departments, uh, procurement departments, you know, the people who buy Mm -hmm. widgets all of those sorts of places. Um, If you don't have somebody on board, then you mentioned it and you're right. You consider outsourcing it, uh, which is a little bit of a plug for me, but there are people that you can outsource that to. And the main thing is when you come up with this person, make sure they've got a process in mind. And hopefully we'll have time to talk a little bit about some of the processes. But if they don't have a process in mind, again, bring in somebody who can teach them that process so that they have an understanding. It's like any other business process. You need to be taught it. Well, you know, you you gave a really good sense of who should and who shouldn't be negotiating these deals. So let's move on. Um, Because, again, 
the focus of the business edge are entrepreneurs and small small to medium sized businesses. And what I have found is, and uh, and I think you have too, that. Um, management or executives at many small companies start off with a template agreement from previous places where they have worked. Um, and many think, oh, I'll just take this, add, take a couple things out, add a couple things, and it's great. Well, I think you think differently. So what's wrong with using these template agreements? Well, you remember when your mother would point to something and say, don't touch that, you don't know where it's been? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, that's kind of the problem you're running into. Usually, when these people have pulled a template, it's not what I would consider a template, right? A template is one that you've prepared that's got everything in it Mm -hmm. and everything your way. What it usually is is the last agreement they did or at some point along the way, they did an agreement with somebody and they said, okay, we'll keep reusing it. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you why that's bad in just a second. Um, the other problem is that agreement came from another company, and that company is not the same as the company you're in now, or you wouldn't be there, right? The right. companies differ, but I see them where they're from other industries or even a completely different kind of company. Mm-hmm. In other words, they've taken a sales agreement. And like you say, they think they can take out one or two things or put in one or two things and make it a service agreement. That's not true. They're very Mm -hmm. different animals and they require different things. Then the big problem with doing that, this is a little harder concept to get across, but follow me here. That contract that you're talking about that they're using as a template reflects the end point of that previous negotiation we were talking about, Mm -hmm, right? right. It's not from where they started, it's from where they ended up. So during that negotiation, somebody made concessions on some relatively important issues, and they did that to get something in return. Mm -hmm. When you pick up that agreement, all those concessions are already out. (laughs) Right? They've already been given away. You don't have the trading chips that you need to do a good job of being able to negotiate. No concession should be given without something of value. Well, you're at the point where the only things you have left to concede are very valuable things because all your trade-offs have been given away. Then the final problem that I see with sort of those things, uh, as far as the documents themselves, you tend to see a lot of errors of omission. Uh-huh. Um, the previous company uh, didn't have a maintenance program, or they had a separate agreement for a maintenance program, and you don't mention maintenance programs in your agreement. And that's going to cause no end of trouble. At least the other side is going to start off with what they think you should do. Or it could get left out altogether. And then you're really going to have a tussle when there's something that breaks. Another thing I don't like, and I'll talk uh, some about how I think you should approach an agreement, but you focus on the agreement at the beginning. Well, maybe that's too soon. 
Ah. Have you sat down and talked out a basic outline of the deal and gotten to understand, oh, I see where you're coming from and you see where I'm coming from. Instead, you've now traded documents and what are you arguing about? You're arguing about the words. Ah, very interesting. Um, And you, you gave some really good points about why you don't, Take a, a, um, a template uh, because everything is di- you're different and everything is different. So how about we um, move on because I really do want to get into the process of what you know you're talking about. But let's look at um, you're bringing together a negotiating team. What should you be looking for in your in in your negotiating team? What are the attributes of a good one? Well, a good negotiating team has the proper number, mix, and roles. And this, again, is something I did get out of the Karis courses. They were a big help on this. And it's really important because if you've got an incomplete team, it's going to slow the process and put you at a disadvantage. Then the people that you don't want on the negotiating team is management. Okay. And that, that sounds funny. And when you get to the very, very end, yes, you may need the management to come in and say, okay, I'm going to agree to $150 million. That's mm-hmm. okay. But when the manager's sitting in there and he says, all right, I'm going to give you that point, that point's gone. There's no mm-hmm. getting it back. Mm-hmm. If I'm on the negotiating team, what I can say is, yeah. I'll tell you what, I'm going to concede that point subject to my manager's approval. Uh Now, am I going to go and get my manager's approval? Maybe. But maybe all I want is 24 hours to think about it. Right. Right. But the team should be made up this way. A good team has at least three business people on the team plus the attorneys. And you have however many attorneys you need. Okay, mm-hmm. you, of whatever different times. One of those people does nothing but negotiate, and that's the only person who should be allowed to talk. <laughs> okay. Because the worst thing you can have is a negotiation taking place on your side while the other side's listening. Right, right, right. right. I mean, that's embarrassing if nothing else, but it leads to bad things. The second person should just listen consider and advise the negotiator. What's the advantage of that? That person doesn't have to think of what am I going to say next. Right. Mm-hmm. You can sit back and listen to the whole thing and think about the strategy and the strategy you've worked out for this negotiation and everything. Then slip a note to the negotiator or hold up your hand and say, gee, we need to take a break and fill in the negotiator. And then the third person just take notes And that's important because that person doesn't have to worry about what they're saying or strategy. They can sit down and make sure that you record accurately what the negotiation was. And, of course, this is only effective if the people do something very important, which is read the agreement more than once. (laughs) You would be amazed when I've been dealing, and especially, again, this 
sometimes happens with people who think, oh, well, I can do it from my gut, and they've not read the agreement or they've read it a single time. You've got to read it several times and really become familiar with it. And then you should prepare for a negotiation um, and there are ways to get ready before you walk into that negotiating room. Well, you know, this is a great time for a short break um, because uh, we are about to get into how do you prepare for a negotiation. So uh, this is Marcia Zeidel, uh, your Smart Moose coach. You're listening to The Business Edge. Um, on Voice America Radio. And when we return, Tom Phillips will talk to us about preparing for negotiation, the ins and outs. So stay tuned. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Where will your business be five years from now? Will you be soaring or just getting by? Of course you want to grow and prosper, but with growth comes bigger headaches. More hiring, more capital, more customers to satisfy, more plates to juggle, more stress, and more demands on your time. Yes, there is a solution. It's the Smart Growth System, created by Marsha Zeidel, executive coach to business leaders. It will give you the tools to take the growing pains out of growth. Get a free consultation and assessment from Marsha, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com. There's a saying, if you do what you've always done, you'll get what you've always gotten. Are you satisfied with what you're getting? Are you ready to get something different? To get the business edge, bring Marsha Zeidel, the Smart Moves author and professional speaker, to your next meeting, conference, or retreat. What you get is more than just stories and motivation. Marsha delivers big ideas with big impact to fast-track your business and your leadership. Schedule your next keynote or presentation now at Marsha, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. From the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into The Business Edge with Marsha Zeidel. To reach Marsha or her guests on today's show, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send us an email to Marsha at smartmovescoach.com. Now, back to The Business Edge. Welcome back, listeners, to The Business Edge. This is Marsha Zotto, your Smart Moves Coach. And my guest today is Tom Phillips, uh, President of Effective Agreements. We've been talking about negotiations, and at this point, let's really get into how do you prepare. And then also we're going to be talking about uh, um, how do you do negotiations? So, Tom, let's start with what do you need to do to prepare? Okay, well, this is immensely important because 
I've, I've said it before, shooting from your gut isn't bad, but it's, it's really true. If your team is unprepared and the other team is prepared, they're going to out-negotiate you every time. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just no question about that. And too often what happens, especially in these small to medium-sized companies, is the poor negotiator has instructions from management, get in there and do the best you can, and, you know, rely on your gut again, which is one of my, my pet peeves. So that means that the whole process goes through more iterations than it should, which increases the cost. Uh, mm-hmm. But Okay, so to prepare, as I said a moment ago, everybody's got to read the agreement several times. And then your team should get together. Mm-hmm. And they should work out a detailed negotiating strategy. And when they're done with this, they're going to take it to management. And you may be back to the old PowerPoint presentation, but if it works, use it, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And you're going to get this strategy pr- approved. And what's the strategy going to be? It's going to be, here are the potential concessions I'm going to make. Right. When am I going to make those potential concessions? How far along into the discussions am I going to give that? Mm-hmm. And most important, what am I going to get in return? Okay? Right. And you, you balance those things out, and you make sure that you don't give for example, very large concessions right at the beginning. Right. In fact, your first concessions should be very small. Mm-hmm. Because if you give a large concession at the beginning and that was the way you planned it, what's the other side going to think? Oh, let's sit here and wait how much more he'll give away. <laughs> right, right. You know? And you've kind of incented them to do that. Um, so... You've gone to management, you've taken this detailed strategy, and then together you work out, these are the things we must have, mm-hmm. and these are the things that would be nice to have. Right. And that's when you can really get down into which concessions can be made when. The other thing you need, Marcia, surprises a lot of people. In my mind, if you're going to negotiate an agreement, you have to have permission to walk the deal. And without that, I think you stand to lose. Tell me what you mean by that. Okay. When you go in and you negotiate for a car, very often the reason they win is they know you're not going to leave without buying a car that it's a foregone conclusion. Mm -hmm. When you get into a negotiation where you don't have permission to walk it and it's not going well and the other side is not making concessions, at some point you may realize the risk of this deal is not worth the money. Mm -hmm. If you don't have permission from your team, um, from your management team, to walk the deal, the other t- side can just keep pushing and pushing and pushing and not give away, and you can spend days 
and you're just never going to come up with anything that really works for you. Uh, I had to do this once. It, it wasn't so much the substance of the deal, which wasn't going particularly well, but I was working with somebody on the other side who had obviously not done this kind of transaction before. Right. So mm-hmm. every point was painfully slow, and he was holding out and didn't want to make concessions that were obviously things that would have been just nice to have. Uh, and he thought everything was a must-have. And after, I think I negotiated with this person for about four days, I had my boss listen in on one conversation, and he said, you've been putting up with this for all this time? (laughs) And I went to the CFO of the company. I said, I need permission to walk this deal. And he said, you know, you've always got that. Uh, I trust you. If this one's not one that we're going to do, you go do it. So I go back down and call the guy on the phone and say, you know that last point? Yeah, well, consider that the straw that broke the camel's back because we're walking. He said, what? I said, we're walking. (laughs) We're stopping. We give up. We're not going to do this deal with you. Have a nice day. He said, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. (laughs) Don't do that. Give me a half hour. So a half hour later, he calls back, and not only did he cave in on that one point, but we got way back to what we needed out of that agreement. He had gone back and told his management that he, we were walking the deal, and he got the riot act read to him. Some of the time, that's what it takes, the willingness to do that. And I also think, yes, that turned out very good for you, and, and there are times when we have to walk away. And we also have to be um, realize that when we say that's it, we're pulling the plug, that that may happen, and that's okay, too. They may not come back uh, with uh, conceding certain points, um, and, and, and you, you have to live with that as well. Well, yeah. Um, when I did mergers and acquisitions, we did about $500 million worth of transactions, but if you looked at it, we probably looked at 80 companies for every company that we bought. Mm-hmm. And of those, we probably got into serious negotiations with 10 or 12 of them. Right. And yet we got to the point where, you know, you know some of the time the due diligence had turned up a problem. But some of the time as you got into it and you looked at it, you said, you know what, this company is coming with barnacles and I'm not going to be able to get to an agreement that protects me against all of those problems down the road. And in the end, I'm going to be sorry that I bought this. And that's when you should walk the deal. So let's now move to you've prepared for it and you've given some great insights on how to prepare. Well, how do you do a negotiation? How do you do a deal? So why don't you talk about that? Okay. Um, my approach is a little different than some, and uh, I actually learned it in a negotiation from the people on the other side. Uh, I'm sorry to say, but uh, at least I internalize it. In my mind, don't start with that template, as we said. Start mm-hmm. with an outline of the relevant points. Mm-hmm. Outlines make a great start for doing agreements because they can become just the headings, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Of your different sections. 
And you want to make that outline as thorough as possible so you don't create any errors of omission. And the outline's your, your safeguard against leaving something important out. To do that, you get input from all of the different subject matter experts. So you talk to accounting and make sure there aren't problems with recognizing the revenue the way you're doing this. Mm-hmm. Talk to the maintenance people and make sure they're going to be able to to keep up with a load that you're about to put them on, on them, things like that. Then you group together those things that belong together. Remember I mentioned that some of the time in the agreements, um, maybe I didn't mention this, but reading it from page 1 to page 24 is not right. Some of the time you want to go to certain sections of the agreement that belong together but may be separated in the agreement. Okay, so you, so you, so you section it off, okay. What are a couple more points, because we just have about three minutes, and I want you to get, get the, the key points for um, how do you do the negotiation, okay? We can do that, okay. Then the other thing is you work with the other side in a room together, and you work with a whiteboard or a flip charter. These days, I guess, everybody can have their computer. Right. So what you're doing now is you're using that outline, and you're coming up with a point. And both mm-hmm. sides are talking it over. And then you say, okay, we'll do it this way. And you put a bullet point up. Mm-hmm. And you do that through the different parts of the negotiation, you you never get everything, but you get by far the major part of it. Mm -hmm. Then you agree on those bullet points and you circulate them to each other. Okay. Okay? Here's Mm -hmm. what I have that we agree to. You agree? Did I get it right? Okay. Then at the end of that, you have somebody with a lot of experience draft the agreement from the bullet points. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it's really that simple. And I got involved in a strategic alliance. We were doing it with a company in Germany that was incredibly complicated. We had their people living here and our people living there, and they were selling our stuff and we were selling their stuff, and there was joint development and all of this. That ran for years very smoothly because we had used this process. And if there was a problem, guess what we went to? We didn't go to the agreement. We still had the flip charts. Ah, So ah. we could go back to the flip charts and say, remember when we talked about this? <laughs> this is what we really decided to do. And that, that's the most of it. It seems so simple, and yet it probably isn't. So we have about a minute left what one or two things do you want the listeners to remember from this interview that can really help them in negotiations? Mm, okay. Um, watch your starting point. Mm-hmm. Don't start with an agreement uh, that could be tainted, if you will. Uh, that's not the best way to go. Have a negotiating strategy when you walk in, and if you can do it the way that I mentioned, where you're negotiating the points, not negotiating the language until the end, okay. that's mm-hmm. going to help. Don't shoot from the hip. 
Okay, and I guess that's the last point. Don't shoot from the hip. (laughs) And on that, uh, we're going to be taking a short break. And when we come back, Tom is going to uh, tell uh, everyone how to contact him, uh, maybe, uh, you know, so that you can find out more about uh, negotiations and about structured agreements. So stay tuned. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Where will your business be five years from now? Will you be soaring or just getting by? Of course you want to grow and prosper, but with growth comes bigger headaches. More hiring, more capital, more customers to satisfy, more plates to juggle, more stress, and more demands on your time. Yes, there is a solution. It's the Smart Growth System, created by Marsha Zidal, executive coach to business leaders. It will give you the tools to take the growing pains out of growth. Get a free consultation and assessment from Marsha, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com. There's a saying, if you do what you've always done, you'll get what you've always gotten. Are you satisfied with what you're getting? Are you ready to get something different? To get the business edge, bring Marsha Zidal, the Smart Moves author and professional speaker, to your next meeting, conference, or retreat. What you get is more than just stories and motivation. Marsha delivers big ideas with big impact to fast-track your business and your leadership. Schedule your next keynote or presentation now at Marsha, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into The Business Edge with Marsha Zidal. To reach Marsha or her guests on today's show, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send us an email to Marsha at smartmovescoach.com. Now, back to The Business Edge. Welcome back, listeners. This is Marsha Zidle, your Smart Moves Coach. And my guest today has been Tom Phillips, President of Effective Agreements. And he's been giving us great information about how to structure agreements and be a better negotiator. And let me tell you, I've learned quite a bit because I am not the great negotiator that I hope I, I thought I was. So, uh, Tom, um, why don't you tell the people if they need to contact you, how to do that, and anything else uh, about your Okay. To contact me, the best way is via email, which is T Phillips. That's T is in Tom Phillips with two L's at effectiveagreements.com. And that's a spelling test. You have to figure out how to spell effective agreements by yourself. Okay. (laughs) 
And then my website is effectiveagreements.com. And basically, I offer contract services to small to medium-sized companies. I do it on an hourly rate that I think is very reasonable. And I'm always willing to help. Uh, and yeah, there's, there's usually some free advice in there. Okay. And I also know you like to make presentations as well. So I want to thank you so much, Tom, uh, both as a personal friend and also as a great um, uh, guest. We have learned so much from you, and thank you so much. You're very welcome. It's time for Marsha's Musings, a tasty morsel of wisdom and wit to take the growing pains out of growth. Branding is not just for Starbucks. You may think that branding is only for Fortune 500 companies with enormous budgets, not for your small to medium-sized business, practice, or professional firm. Some of you may say, we provide a real service to our customers. We don't sell products. Let me give you another way of looking at branding because it's more than marketing commodities such as chocolate bars or detergents or even coffee. It's for making sure that your services are known by what you want to be known by. Here are three strategies for building your brand no matter what business you are in. First, identify what sets you apart. Your brand should be based on something distinctive that differentiates you from the competition. Even if your product or service is not one of a kind, there is probably a reason why you think customers or clients should choose you rather than a competitor. Do you give them hope, confidence, or laughter better than any others? Or do you quickly simplify a complex process that saves them time? Or do you provide premium customer service like the car repair shop I go to? How can you stand out in that crowded marketplace? Two, get all employees on board. Be sure that every staff person and team, not just marketing or customer service, understands your business brand. They must know how you position your company against your competitors. Whether it's providing all-in-one service or no-hassle experience or whatever. Branding won't work unless all employees reinforce it with their actions every single day and every single time. Three, get the customer on board. If your services are exceptionally good and if your customers are emotionally satisfied, they will help build your brand by giving you repeat business and word-of-mouth publicity. For example, um, when asked, who do you use for health care or for legal or financial advice or the place you go that got you that great outfit, don't you want them to say you, your business? So here's a Smart Moves tip um, for this coming week. Be the champion of your brand. 
Make brand building one of your top priorities. Don't solely delegate it to your marketing department or your public relations firm. Especially in a service business, you and your people are the face and soul of that business. Therefore, always be in the branding game and on your branding game. Listeners, do you want to create brand evangelists, employees, and customers who not only love you and your products or services, but go out of their way to tell others how great it is to work for you or to buy from you? Then get an R article, Your Brand is Everything, Everything is Your Brand. Contact me at Marcia, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com. Or call 972-380-9181. You're listening to Marsha Zidal, the Smart Moves Coach. Making sure you're on the right track and not getting sidetracked in your drive for high performance and profitability. Next week's topic is, it's just a family business. Did you know that family-owned and operating businesses account for nearly 90% of U.S. businesses? Some 5.5 million such entities. They account for 75 to 80% of our GMP and about one-third are headed by women. From Walmart, Ford, and Morris Chocolate to highly successful local companies in your area are family-owned businesses that continue to impact our economy. My guest, David Selesky, is CEO of Dynamic Growth Strategies, and we'll be talking about the pitfalls as well as the success stories of family-owned businesses. He knows firsthand because he grew up in a family business and today works with many family businesses, particularly on strategy, expansion, and succession. Tune in May 21st at 11 Pacific, 2 Eastern on the Business Channel to hear Marsha and David. Here's a smart news tip for the coming week. A growing business needs high proportion of exceptional performers and a pipeline of talent to move to the next level as your business grows and new opportunities emerge. Have you identified your future leaders? Do you have a plan for them? Or are you leaving it up to chance? Remember, the Effective Manager Series is a great way to get them up to speed fast and the road to success. To get a 20% discount on these four handbooks, call me now at 972-380-9181 or email Marcia at smartmovescoach.com. That's M-A-R-C-I-A at smartmovescoach.com. And let me send you information about the Effective Manager Series. Thank you for listening to The Business Edge with Marsha Zidal, the Smart Moves executive coach and speaker, helping entrepreneurs and business leaders take their company, firm, or practice to that next level with less stress and more success. In other words, how to take the growing pains out of growth, innovate, improve, ignite, or die, make smart moves. Talk to you next week. You've been listening to The Business Edge with Marsha Zidal. Please join us again next Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel and enjoy taking your business to the next level.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 